I will set out for Gaul myself and confront our enemies. They will learn the error of their ways. But why might early Christians have called Nero the Antichrist? I will quash my deluded enemy, not with the sword. I intend to sing to them. Nero has lost his mind. Welcome back to the life of Nero, Papa Bear. What's yeah. going on? Not much. Just sitting here talking to you, and uh, we've talked about Nero making some good decisions, but he's about to get his first big test. So we'll see what happens. First big opportunity, too, That's to, one way to establish his credentials as yeah. a young emperor. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. We know. I mean, nothing nothing Romans like more than a oh. good war. Yeah. It's how their empire was built. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's how they know that they are favored by the gods is their continual right. success. Oh, now they haven't they haven't yeah. been doing a lot of warring lately. No. Uh, no. But they've had enough know. internal strife between yeah. Caligula, the um so yeah. But there's been a general agreement since the days of Augustus that the empire is pretty much as big as it could get. Yes. Let's just uh, keep it where it is, yes. defend the borders. Let's not try and go crazy here. Right. Uh, let's just keep the borders safe and secure. And there's been some struggles doing that, you know, particularly uh, over with the, with the uh, Germans. Mm-hmm. The Germans the are coming. And eventually, the as we know, eventually right. the Germans do take over Rome. Yes. Yeah, uh, fear. Not yeah. for the last time either. And yeah. uh, but you know, apart from that, they're trying to keep it, uh, yeah, keep it sort of steady. Just keep the ship right. steady is all they worry about. And you can do that, and that's great. But even no matter if you set your boundaries and you're very careful, you don't harass anymore, you don't try to go outside those boundaries, on the other side of those boundaries are other nations, and like the Germans or into the east, like the Parthians. And that's a massive uh, empire in itself. So, again, um, you got to be careful. You can take care of your own, but that doesn't mean you can control the actions of people outside of your borders. Mm. And of course, we we had Caligula start to uh, start again to re- to reboot uh, right. Julius Caesar's invasion of the yes. Tin Islands, Britain, right. uh, and Claudius followed up on that. So there's been a little bit of pushing. They'd already yeah. been there. They had some alliances there. They they had to go in and calm some shit down. But that's more in that's more in the vein of. Uh, supporting allies uh, mm-hmm. in yes. areas where they yeah. already had established these alliances. Yeah. But um, this one is over the control of Armenia, the region yes. that then they called Armenia, but today we would now call, oh, Armenia. Okay, well, that's easy. It's still called Armenia. Um, <laughs> that's easy to Thank remember. Thank goodness, because I can't take any more names. Yeah, <laughs> It was a, it was an, a buffer state between right. the Roman Empire and the Parthian Empire, and yeah. it had been a Roman client state since the days of Augustus. Famously, mm-hmm. Augustus did a nice peace treaty with the Parthians. He even had it. They, they returned the banners that they had taken from various yes. scuffles with, I think, Crassus and, uh, and, and uh, Marcus, Marcus Antonius, right. and, uh, and he had his breastplate 
that we see in the uh, the the statue mm-hmm. that uh, he had built for Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas, uh, <laughs> displaying all of that, uh, you know, his uh, peace deal with the Parthians. Right. But in fifty two fifty three, the Parthians with uh, Vologasus, first yeah. of his name, their king. Installed uh, Tiridates, Vologasus's younger brother, on the Armenian throne. Vologasus, yeah. by the way, is the Roman version of the Parthian name Valagas, oh. which is a compound of the words strong and handsome. So oh, he was uh, one of us. Ray. Right, yeah, exactly. He was, he was one of us, part of our tribe. Vologasus, yeah. Cam, Ray, I get that. Yeah, so so Vologasus came became the Parthian king in fifty one, and like you were just saying, this is a this is an area that has caused a lot of tension between Rome and Parthia over the years. And so Vologasus wants to secure his borders because he doesn't need any drama. And at some point after he becomes uh, the king there, they invade and take over our, um, Armenia, and he puts his brother Tiridates in charge of that kingdom in 53. Not that everything's going to go well at at first, but again, he's trying to establish or reestablish his borders and hopefully Rome will accept this. Well, the guy in control of Rome's armies in the region is good old boy Gnaeus Demetius Corbulo, uh, brother-in-law or former brother-in-law, I guess, of Caligula. Right. Uh, We've talked about him before. He was sent by Claudius to Germany to deal with some rebellious tribes and did such a good job that Claudius said, oh, shit, better call him home. Uh, We can't have that. He's making the shit look too easy. Don't be too good. We can't make it look too easy. Never be too good. I don't have that worry. No, no, that's why you're safe. You know you will never be all good here. Recalled. Good here. Exactly. Yeah. So just going back to Vologascus, uh, he can't stay in Armenia long because once he's in there and he puts his brother in charge, there is actually not enough men and resources with him. Plus there's a winter epidemic. So he gets the heck out of there. And this allows Ramadamistus, did I say it right that time? to return and punish the people who had been disloyal to him. But those very same people rise up and they push him out and they bring Tiridates back on the throne. And Ramadamistus is going to go back north to his father. And guess what his father is going to do? His father is going to kill him for creating all of this drama in the first place. Now, Rodamistus had been trying to impress Rome. He'd been trying to show Rome that he was loyal by going in there and taking over. But now there's a whole bunch of tension. His father kills him. And so now you've got this already volatile situation all worked up. Rome is worked up. The Parthian Empire is worked up. You're right. You've got to send Corbulo there because he's got the skills and the experience uh, to try to hopefully handle the situation. So Kabulo is uh, now at war with Parthia. Now, Claudius had named him governor of Asia in 52, mm-hmm. but he wasn't allowed to go there to govern. He had to do it from Rome right? because Claudius wanted to keep an eye on him. Yes, um, yes. Didn't trust him. He was yes. he was too good at his job. Right. But then Nero sent him out there in 54, and this is a big test for Nero. Can he win a war? And not just any war. Right. We're talking about a war against Parthia, Rome's boogeyman, since what? At least when they cut off the head of Crassus in 53 BCE, 100 years earlier. uh, Julius Caesar was going to go and fight them before he got assassinated. Then Mark Antony tried to fight them and got defeated. He was 
Double crossed and defeated. Yes. Yeah. Double crossed and defeated. Yes. Uh, so you know these guys. Augustus did the peace deal. It's right. kind of held since then, but uh, now it's all fallen apart. But now, yeah, yeah. I was just going to give a, a real quick uh, Corbulo Corbu shit. Corbulo, uh, remember when he was fighting the Germans when he had been stationed up there, he cut his teeth on fighting the Germans. There were rebellions by the Cheruski and the Chaussee tribes. He actually ends up having his men build a canal so he can patrol with ships the Rhine and the North Seas. So he's been, he, he fought them for years, and we all know how tough the Germans are. In time, while he was there, Corbulo was going to chase away the Chaussee. But during all of this, he's like, these Germans are tough. Uh, they run everywhere. Uh, they're, they're able to cover a lot of ground. Here we have horses, but the Germans just fucking run everywhere. They're amazing. They're incredible warriors. They're very tall. They're very big. So what he does for his years in Germany is he's like, I've got to raise the game of my men. If we're going to take on these Germans or we're going to win, we've got to do it right. So it creates a tough um, training routine for his men while he's there. Supposedly, um, some two of his men were digging, uh, helped digging some fortifications. Everybody's digging because no one's allowed to not dig. At the very core, Romans are always engineers and then soldiers. So two of the men took off their belts uh, that had their swords in them and they laid, because they're heavy, they laid them down and they're digging. Corbulo sees this, that they were un, un, undefended and he supposedly had them executed to teach everyone else. You can dig, you can help build fortifications, but if you're going to take off your fucking weapon, you're no good to me. You got to be able to tough it out. So he has these two people killed. So again, whatever Corbulo brings to the East, he just remember he's been fighting Germans for years and he knows that the way to victory is engineering and making sure your men are in top physical condition and that they want it really badly. And so when he gets to the East, he's going to be in for a bit of a surprise when it comes to the condition of those troops. Yes. But before he gets into battle, yes. he tries to resolve the situation with diplomacy. Good for him. Corbulo and the governor of Syria, Umidius Quadratus, mm -hmm. both sent embassies to Vologasus, suggesting that he give up some hostages right. uh, for them to hold during negotiations as a sign of good faith. And right. he did. He said, yeah. Yep. Good idea. Let's do that. Let's negotiate. None of us wants bloodshed. Right. He had already uh, had a bit of a problem uh, with one of his other sons, Vardanes, that was mm -hmm. causing a bit of a civil conflict that he had to deal with. He didn't want to fight on two fronts. Right. So uh, the whole thing remained in limbo while they tried to negotiate a diplomatic settlement. And this is during this period is where Corbulo is able to uh, take stock of the troops that he's got out there. And it wasn't great. <laughs> no, uh, not the best. Discipline, combat readiness, not great. Yeah. They'd, there'd been too much peace. Soldiers yeah. during times of peace just yeah. get without good commanders. Right. Just get a little bit lazy. Yeah. They put their feet up. They're drinking. They were binging Netflix and just <laughs> kind of eating eating brownies and oh, uh, the best, Jerry. You know, growing yeah. beards, right. pandemic beards. Yeah. <laughs> they were they were fairly lazy yeah. and useless. Tacitus says they were demoralized by a long peace. Now, as you and I both know, there's nothing worse. Right. Than not having people shooting arrows at you on a daily basis. I don't we know live what to for do. the arrows. Exactly. 
Yeah. I don't yeah. know what to do if anybody's not coming after if me. If I don't have to pull an arrow out of my eye. Then you're not doing it at right. At least once a week. You're not doing uh, it right. I just feel, yeah, yeah that's yeah. when I need to put on a ski mask and go, <laughs> you know, murder homeless people in the streets at right. night just to feel alive. You know, yeah. that's what's uh, that's what's going on there. Oh, I like that. I dress up <laughs> as a slave and I go out, but you don't want to hear those stories. But you got you to keep it fresh. You got to keep mixing it up. Yeah. Now, uh, Tacitus says there were veterans who had never held night watch or picket duty, who had never seen a rampart. There were men without helmets or breastplates and men who spent all of their time in town just making money. Ramparts and ditches is like Warfare 101. That's like the first thing you learn how to dig a ditch, build up and a rampart. And these are veterans. Exactly. That's, that's Not shit. new recruits. Exactly. That's how you stay alive. By lo- knowing yeah. how to do that, no, they, they, yeah. things had just been so safe on the border well, in this part of the world for right. so long since Augustus, and they've been there was exactly, nothing going on, and, right? And they've been stationed in towns versus out in a field, and so yeah, you got to pick up a side hustle or several, maybe get a woman or a wife, and oops, you have a kid, and then you got to take care of them. So they have been living the cushy life way too long to be Ro- to be called Roman soldiers. And, of course, one of the upsides of being a soldier in the ancient world was yeah. the booty. If there ain't no Love war, the there ain't no booty. No, need you the booty. You, uh, need the booty, <laughs> right? Got to hit the booty. Mug. Need the booty, hit yeah. the booty, get the booty, chase the booty. It's all about the booty. Come on. It's all about the booty. Yeah. And and I don't know if this was Nero, is probably Nero's directive, but when Corbulo gets there, he's looking around, he's like, I know what I got to do. We've got to take this back because this land was once won over by Lucius Lucullus, who was a friend of Sulla's, and it was later retaken by Pompey the Great. This is Roman shit. This is ours, and I'm going to get it back. Again, Nero probably wanted him to do that, but he was taking this stuff very seriously. But you're right. The first thing he's got to do, find some way to whip these guys in shape and get more men. So uh, he got rid of the old and the sick, brought in replacements from uh, Syria. <laughs> the old and the sick, the short and the high, uh, <laughs> and added a legion from Moesia. Right. Tacitus says Germany, but other sources, more modern ah. sources say, no, it wasn't from Germany, it was from Moesia. Right. Now, it was as cold as fuck when he got there. <laughs> uh, the ground... <laughs> Was covered in so much ice, right. so so thick yes. ice that they couldn't break the ice. They had to pitch their tents yeah. on the ice. God, damn. can you imagine that? How fucking cold that must be. Um, well, I'm already gone because I'm with the old and the sick and the high. So good luck with that. But no, but that had to be, and especially because, like we said, these guys are not really tough. They're not tough veterans. So they're probably complaining. Their panties are in a wad and Corbulo's like, okay, I'm going to fix you little Nancy's real quick. And so he's going to find ways to raise their game and expect more out of them. But at the same time, he's going to show them how it's done himself because he's a good leader. (laughs) There's uh, some interesting stories in Tacitus. He says many of the men lost their limbs to frostbite. Many of the men died. Sure. But I'm not sure about this one. He says a, a, a soldier right. was observed whose hands mortified as he was carrying a bundle of wood so that sticking to their burden, they dropped off from his arms, now mere stumps. Could you 
I know you're not a normal, you're not, you haven't been a uh, weather scientist in a long time, and I get that I respect that, Cam, but could you give me the exact temperature for most of my arms to just fall off? If you could tell me what that number is, I can avoid those places. I'd really, I think a lot of people would appreciate that, but what's the number where it just falls? I, I need to know. Just fall off? Just fall off. It's uh, f- a ness <laughs> cold is where it is. Actually, uh, I, I don't care now, about the hands or it, the penis. Anyway, go ahead. But this ex- this explains something, though. This is, explains why that region was called Armenia <laughs> is because your hands dropped off. It used to be called Handenia. And then the hands dropped off. Not so much. Then it's they switched it to Armenia. Armenia. And now they got to yeah, name yeah. it to Stuntmenia. I, I don't know. St- I don't know. Stuntmenia. <laughs> Now, I posted on Facebook uh, about this, uh, about whether or not this is a likely story. A lot of people weighed in, including Lindsay Powell, who uh, went to this. He asked me which chapter of Tacitus this was so he could read it in the Latin and make sure that the translation that I was reading was good. Yeah, fucking show (laughs) on. Um, Love you, Lindsay. And I got a lot of opinions from people like uh, my old friend uh, Mike Schneider, the font of all uh, fake news knowledge. But uh, Dr. Megan Ramsey right, weighed doctor. in, a.k.a. doctor in a dress, uh, oh, yes, yes, and yes, she yes. called bullshit on the whole thing. Yeah, good call. And then I love this. If you didn't see this, uh, Mike Schneider tried to argue with her, oh, and God. she hit him with a two-by-four <laughs> uh, with this line, which is just gold, and, and, and I hope she uses this on a regular basis. Please don't confuse your Google search with my medic- many years of medical training and my medical degree, <laughs> something like that. Damn. Snap! Damn. <laughs> oh, my God. Love it. Oh, my God. Please don't now, confuse your Google search with right. my medical degree. So so just that, that – and there's no comeback from that. If there is, I don't think it's been invented yet. So just picture – and I'm not going to jump ahead, but just picture for a moment – Middle of winter, he's got these men. He's getting more men in. He's he's got to train these guys up. He's gotten rid of the old and the sick. That's fine. But Corbulo himself is around the age fifty, and he's gonna he's gonna be like, you know what? What would Caesar do? What would Alexander do? Hell, what would Gaius Marius do? I'm going to lead by example. He's going to get out there. He's going to work side by side with him. Even though it's cold, he's not going to wear too many layers. Even though it's cold, he's not going to have his head covered, according to Tacitus. He gets out there, and he's right beside them the whole time. And when they do start coming around, he does not hesitate to praise them and to to win them over to his side. So by the time late winter, early spring, and I think this is late 57, early 58, if I'm right. Uh, he's starting to whip these guys into, into shape and he's starting to get them to think like soldiers again and that nothing is too tough. So again, you can be a great general, but first you got to get the guys ready to in order to have the fight. And he's doing a really good job of that during this winter. Yeah, Tacitus says, the general, lightly clad with head uncovered, was continually with his men on the march amid their labors. Right. He had praise for the brave, comfort for the feeble, and was a good example to all. Right. And then, as many shrank from the rigour of the climate and of the service and deserted, he sought a remedy in strictness of discipline. Not, as in other armies, was a first or second offence condoned, but the soldier who had quitted his colours instantly paid the penalty with his life. Damn. This was shown by experience to be a wholesome measure, better than mercy. For there were fewer desertions in that camp than in those in which leniency was habitual. 
Yeah. So let, let's have that conversation. We're, you and I, we've got the midnight shift. It's it's cold. We're standing on ice. We're fucking freezing. Cam, I, I think we should just get the fuck out of here. I think we should just take our chances, throw these heavy weapons down. We'll just run, see how far we can get to the morning. What do you say? You in? You in? You with me? Come on. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be like this. <laughs> Ray's going to run away. Ray's trying to escape. Hello. No, 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 I didn't mean it. God, you can't. It must be this wind. Or her. You can't hear. No, that's not what I said. I said, let's run, get a bite to eat and come back. You you didn't hear the second part. Just some, some lovely. I'm just after your brownie stash, man. Yeah. That's after. Yeah. yeah. Don't joke about my brownies. Don't you ever fucking joke about my brownies. Anyway, so, yeah, I imagine by killing people for the first offense, that would help reduce the number of deserters. So, again. Well, it reduced, the, it reduced the number of them who were committing who a second offense. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever runs away a second time for me. Yeah, That's what I'm works. known for. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Again. Now, Tacitus obviously yeah. likes Corbulo, lightly right. clad, People's hands are dropping off, and he's right. walking around in speedos. Yeah, he's yeah. he's basically Vladimir Putin. He's just walking around, <laughs> horse, speedos, no in the shirt, of the winner, yeah. chest, yeah. necklace, gold medallion yeah. in his chest, yeah. hair, fucking hot. Yeah. That's uh, hot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Combination in my mind of Vladimir Putin, right, and uh, John Travolta in uh, uh, a Saturday Night Fever. A little more. You know, than when he's in the on. mirror. Yes. He's putting, he's putting uh, uh, brill cream right. in his hair, pulling his hair back. Got his speedo on, big gold chain, hairy yeah. chest, Bee Gees gold chain. Practicing his moves. Tell by the way I use my walk, I'm a warmest man. No time at all. Yeah, that's leadership. In a, on special occasions, he wore a mankini. Uh, Borat style, one of the ones that just comes down and uh, cups his. That was Corbulo. Crazy, crazy Corbulo. Everyone knew Corbulo just uh, liked to make a point. Right. (laughs) From his penis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You knew when he was walking towards you. Well, his nipples were on point, I tell you, walking around. He could. Now, he waited until spring, uh, the ground thawed, and then he stationed his auxiliary infantry on certain points but ordered them not to begin an engagement until they were supported by the main force. Yeah. All right, we've got it. Only start an engagement if we're not supported by a main force. No, (laughs) no, don't start an engagement unless you're supported (laughs) By a main force. Right. 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 Don't start an engagement unless we we we, we want to. No, right. that's no. not when unless they look at a strong way. Enough. No. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Who was the leader of the auxiliary? Because now it's 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 time to play that game that we love to play. Rename the person. So I I don't know if oh. you've got a name. I've got a name. Oh. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, yes. Uh, his real name was Pacius Orphitus. Right. Uh, we've mm. got to go with uh, uh, um, Peachy Orifice, maybe. I was going to uh, say Pack It In Orifice. So close. Pack close. It In Orifice. Okay. Well, at least we both came, we landed on Orifice. Orifice. We'll call him Orifice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Orifice. Yeah. 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 
So again, don't go P anywhere. Orifice. Right. P orifice. P orifice. P orifice. P orifice. Yeah. Uh, pain. <laughs> so again, don't go anywhere. Don't start any trouble. I just can't keep all the men in one location because of food, logistics, in case a plague breaks out. You guys get over there. You can warn me, but do not start shit because why? We are not ready and I am the top dog. You don't do anything until you hear from me. Got it? Good. Now, P. Orifice was the Primus Pilus. Right. Primus Pilus Orifice, <laughs> uh, he was known as. The first spear or first pillar. Right. There is some, there's some controversy over the uh, real translation of Primus Pilus. It's normally first spear, but some people say, no, no, it doesn't mean that at all. It means first pillar. Gotcha. He was the senior centurion of the first cohort of mm. the uh, legion. Gotcha. But apparently... Uh, he didn't understand his orders. He had a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he started some shit. Yeah. Well, he he wrote to Corbulo and he goes, you know what? I've been I've been scouting out the bad guys and I, I think they've made a tactical mistake. I think I see an opportunity. I think we can catch them off guard. Now is a good time, I think, as your as your number one pillar, uh, to go out there and kick some ass. Again, Corpula goes, we're not ready. Do not do anything. However, some you, you were mentioning a couple of minutes ago about some new cavalry and uh, infantry coming in. Well, some cavalry squadrons comes in. They come, they take one look at Orifice, no pun intended, and they he tells them what, they, what he told Corbula. He said, we can fucking take him. We can fucking take him. Let's go do it. So they, which is probably what some Germans, what some Romans said about Germans years ago. And they said, we can fucking take them. And so they went to go try to take them. Yeah, they were like young, dumb and full of cum cavalry squadrons. They're like, uh, let's, this, look, do we, it. Don't, we don't need backup. reinforcements. We're backup? Romans. Yeah. I don't need backup or badges. Which I think is exactly what uh, Crassus said too. Right, I, I don't do need. This. I don't need a plan. I'm a Roman. <laughs> Who wastes time with plans? Bit too eager for a bit of a Barney Rubble. These guys. So <laughs> they they jumped into it, got completely routed. Yes. By yes. the Parthians, mm. probably had their heads cut off and gold poured, poured down, down their throats, in their Parthian style. Hmm. Uh, Corby not happy. No. No, no. he's pissed. Uh, he yelled at Orifice, uh, <laughs> yelled really into his orifice. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yelled into his orifice, uh, stuck things up his orifice. Right. Uh, and was just and made him yeah. and the rest of the officers to pitch their tents outside of the lines. So they were sent into the right. silly, the naughty corner. Right. Remember we were talking a couple of minutes ago about ditches or ramparts? Well, Corbulo's got one. He's got his men inside, and he says to them, to teach you a lesson, you can camp outside. So if the bad guys show up, you can take them on all by yourself like you thought you could a little while ago, and we'll just sit here and watch with some popcorn and some some lemon tea, okay? But he was trying to scare the shit out of them, which which definitely worked, and not until I think practically the entire army – begged Corbulo to let them come in. That's funny when he relented and let them in, but I'm sure it scared the shit out of them and they will be listening to his words from now on. That's what I do with my kids if yeah. they annoy me too, is I make them uh, sleep in the middle of the road, yes. in the middle of the night. I yeah. just That's what you have to do now. Right. I'm sorry. Until uh, This is what, how, how, what's what we call biblical love. <laughs> Until um, I feel like you've learned a lesson. This is where you yeah. sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Good night. 
Um, but it soon turns into a major war between the Parthians and the Romans. Uh, it, it, it doesn't go well for Tiridates, and he sends some envoys to try to broker a, a peace deal. Yeah. And Corby told him to take it up with Nero. That's fair. He's like, listen, I got my, I got my orders. <laughs> uh, if you want to be recognised right. as the official Roman state-sponsored king of Armenia, yep. you got to take it up with Nero. I don't yeah, have I don't know. that authority. He signs my checks. See that right there, Nero, hmm. with a little hmm. hard hmm. oversight. But the point is, he handles that. I, I don't know. you got to talk to the big man. Yeah. yeah, I'm the fighting guy. He's right. the talking guy. I you want to talk, jabby. you talk to Nero. He talk, talk, okay? He does this, I do this. That's the division <laughs> of labor. Right. It's Sorry. like you and I. We Every every partnership needs right. a division of labor. In yeah. ours, I do the work and right. you giggle. Right. That's. I'm still looking for my contribution. I'm not. I think I'm getting closer, though. It's, it's... <laughs> but they agreed to meet anyway. They agreed to have a sit-down. Right. A sit-down and, you know, we're, we're, I'll, I'll tell you how to approach Nero. What, what, you know, yeah. what, what are the ways that, you know, yeah, how to get on his good side. Right. How to, I'll coach you on how to phrase your application oh, in a way during yes. the interview process that you'll most likely be looked favorably upon right. by Nero. The, 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 the certain ways yeah. you need to the put things just to, yeah, just to get in. Yes. Catchphrases. Catchphrases. Right. Yeah. Jingo, Jingo, Django, yeah. <laughs> Jingo, Jingoism, right. j- j- whatever. Words to, uh, to avoid. Uh, gestures to yes. avoid. He, he is the princeps, yeah. so you've got a delicate eggshells. Yeah. Eggshells. Don't mention Britannicus. No. Oh God. Very touchy on the Britannicus no, no. story. Yeah. It'll be don't, a short don't audience. Mention that. If you don't mention, uh, uh, who's the porn star? Anyway, I'm blanking out. But anyway, yeah, there's certain things. Acty. Uh, <laughs> don't bring that up. It's just, mm. yeah. Let's get together. So they agreed to meet, but. Yeah. Tiridates, and I, I and I got to admire Tiridates' style. He said uh, he sent him a note, sent right. Corby a note, Tiro, right. and he was like, "Listen, uh, I'll tell you what, I'm only going to bring a thousand guys. That's it. That's Tops. it. Yeah, lightly, yeah, thousand guys. Um, you, on the other hand, whatever, bring as many as you want. Right, thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, fucking, ki- I don't whatever." Yeah, yeah. I want you to feel safe. All good. Right. I want you to. Yeah, I yeah. want you to feel safe. Yes. You're on my, you're on my territory. I'm on home ground. I'm exactly. good. I'm good. Don't worry about me. I'm good. Yeah. You know, How are I you? see you walking around in your mankini, right. in your speedo, <laughs> the nipples. Listen, yeah, which is which is which is cute. Pretty. We go around naked. I pack the snow on my body before I go to sleep at night. You know, I, <laughs> I, 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 I get wrapped in a snow. Yeah, I get wrapped in a snow cocoon. Right. Right. Kind of how badass I am. My balls, right. like cut my, particularly around my balls, because because we're just tougher. Yeah. But yeah. you're a Roman. I get it. You're, you're yeah. toughish. Yeah, it's okay. You're from a, a warmer climate. I get a, it. In a Western kind of sense, you yeah. bring as big an escort as you want. Yes. My only demand is right. that they come without breastplates and helmets and weapons. But, but apart from that, other, whatever. you can bring as many as you want. Bring them. Open slather. <laughs> Whatever. 
whatever's best for you. Clearly, Tiradates had ulterior motives. Yeah, well, maybe. Corbulo said, listen, uh, thank you, uh, but I was born at night, but right. it wasn't last night. Uh, <laughs> I tell you what, why don't I just come completely naked with my dick in a vice and just present that to you? Like, yeah, you just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How about we just bring our entire armies? Right. Uh, how, how does that sound? And uh, yeah. Tiro was like, <clears throat> okay. Let's yeah. just do that then. What What do you think? And you probably read this in Tacitus. I, I think um, Richard Holland covers it as well, that supposedly Tiradantes was going to only bring a 1,000 men, but they would be archers on horses. So if you bring 2,000 men, and I've only got 1,000 men, but they're on horses and they're, and they're expert archers, obviously I could tear your army up in no time, capture you. This is the end of the war. So, I, again, a clever ploy, but because Corbulo has been facing Germans for years, he knows what to expect. And he's like, he does not step into that trap. And he kind of sets his own. He's like, yeah, why don't we just both bring all of our armies and we'll, we'll, we'll just talk and see what happens. I mean, I guess on one hand, Tiro doesn't have a lot of experience fighting Romans because they've been at peace right, since point. the time of Augustus. Uh, he's the younger and, and brother. Like early Augustus too. Yeah. Exactly. So they've been at peace since around the Battle of Actium after that, I guess, like 30 BCE, something like that. I don't know exactly when Augustus did the deal, but I think it was pretty early after he got rid of Marcus Antonius. Yes. Um, so maybe late 20s BCE, something like that. It's been a while. And so, yeah, it's been 70-odd years, 80 years since they've been at war, multiple generations yeah. yeah, Tiro doesn't really know what dealing with Romans, particularly effective, like effective Romans, right. is like. Good, good military commanders. He's never seen one yeah. before. He's heard rumors, probably, of Corbulo in Germany, but that's it. Right. But you got to give him points for trying. He's like, yes. ah, it's worth Always. a shot, man. It's worth a fucking shot. Like, hey, hey, hey. It's worth a shot. I didn't have a go. Come on. You can't I would have been a schmuck if I didn't have a go. Come on. respect me if I didn't. I tried. Okay, yeah, come on. Corby's Colby. like, fine. Yeah, I get it. So on the agreed day at the agreed location, he turns up, Corby this is, with his army. And the location that he chose Big wide open plains with some gentle sloping hills behind it. So it's good for cavalry, good right. for hiding hiding some of the full extent of your forces behind some of the rolling hills. Ooh, yes. And he's sitting there and he's waiting. He's yep. looking at his watch. Yeah. Uh, Tiro doesn't crush. show up. They agree to meet at 10 o'clock in the morning. They're yeah. going to sit down, have a civilized lunch, civilized yes. meeting, right. little little table. Yes. Uh, um, catered, catering in the middle of the great linen. Right. Yeah. Right. A few mus- musicians, a bit of dancing going right. on, like a floor show. Yes. Comedian's going to come out, break the ice. Warm things up. Uh, Remember, on the yeah. silverware, start on the outside and work your way inward. That's Work your way in? Yeah, that's all I know. A bit of a stage. Right. They had a, couple, they had a band. I think the Rolling Stones were oh, coming in to do their stones. start yeah. me up. You know, they're going to come in. Keith with... Yes. You know, it was, it was a big deal. Like, yes. he had lighting. Uh, a lot of lights important. set up, fireworks, yeah. doves. Yeah, doves were going to come in at some moment. Out. Let the doves fly, symbol right. of peace. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he had uh, right. he had uh, like uh, a lot of midgets on uh, midgets motorcycles. Are the best. They're the they best. were going to be riding. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They're going to have a midget throwing competition. 
Um, it was, you know, well, that was, was going to take six hours alone. But Corby doesn't fuck around no, when, when he do, when he's do when it, he's organizing a peace conference. He's right. a Roman. He does yeah. it right. Yeah, yes. do it right. Yeah. Uh, guy, the guys that uh, whose hands dropped off, right? Were you know he 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 screwed platters onto their stumps, right? So they could. Serve? You walk around. Oh, okay. Serve. Right. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't been like, if you haven't been served by a guy with stumps, <laughs> you haven't lived. Drink you know, them. Making them useful, he said. They yes, don't have hands. Yeah. Just nail but you still, this is the Roman arm. army. Yeah. Yes, nail it in. Yeah. Jesus it's style. Cold. It's cold. Just, Don't get over it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Drink, madam. For <laughs> <laughs> Tiro, Tiro didn't show up until yeah. the very end of the day. Right. And when he did, he yeah. stationed himself and his army too far away to talk. Right. I can't I can't you hear know, you. Corby's I like I can't hear you. Come You're... this way. What? I can't come and have a canopy. <laughs> There's guys with trays nailed to their stumps. You're gonna love it. I'm sorry. I can't I can't hear you. I I'm waving my arms, but this is not a way to this isn't gonna work. This is I don't know why, but this isn't working. So thank you. Yeah. So Corby figured, all right, uh, all of that preparation that I've done, everyone Fucking go home. Nothing. Midgets, I don't know go what the home. fuck's going on. Little girls with like, flowers. It's yeah. like Fredo Corleone when Michael went to Vegas yes. to, to meet with Mo. He was going to have a big and, party. And, uh, you know, all the dancing girls yes. are in there. You yeah. know, uh, Fredo's thing. got the dancing girls <laughs> and he's got uh, – uh, Johnny Fontaine is yes. there to sing a song, and uh, and Michael's like, "What's all this?" Yeah, I get time for this shit. And uh, yeah. he's get get rid of this. You know, I'm flying back to I'm flying back to New York in the morning. Just get rid of the dancing girls. Yes. And Fredo's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, Mo Mo Green. Uh, I'm Mo Green. <laughs> I'll buy I you made out. my bones when you were still banging cheerleaders. <laughs> you don't buy me out. I buy you out. Don't raise your voice. The Corleone voice to family Michael. don't have that kind of muscle anymore. Only takes one. Only takes one. One bullet in the eye. Exactly. When you're getting a massage. That's all yeah. it takes. Yeah. Don't yeah. fuck with. Don't fuck with Michael, Mo. Yeah, exactly. So clearly, this talk did not take place. It's not going to work. And Corbulo is thinking, I've got to handle this before this whole situation blows up because um, the king of the Parthians, his brother is dealing with something else right now. There's something that's going on, a little revolt right at the bottom of the Caspian Sea. Um, but the point is, that's not going to go on forever. If I don't hurry up and take care of this one way or the other, if the Parthians get involved with no distractions and all of their resources, and then Rome's going to have to bring their A-game, this could turn into a major 10-year-long war that's going to take tens of thousands of lives and tons of money. And we've already said a billion times on the show, people generally want, besides the psychopaths, people generally want peace so they can go about making money and trying to bang their babysitters or whatever. They want peace and they want stability. If you have this massive war, who knows when it will end and who knows how it will end. This has got to be nipped in the bud. Nipped in the bud. Yes. So they both retired to their camps for the night and Corby decided to attack all of the Armenian fortresses Smart. the next day. Just yes. go for the throat. Yes. Um, Tacitus says 
Then forming his army into four divisions, he led one in the dense array of the Testudo. Mm-hmm. Good old Testudo. Love it. Tortoise formation, close up to the rampart to undermine it, while yes. others were ordered. So, by, by, I should go back a step. So, uh, Corby decided to attack the strongest fortress himself. Right. And this is how he did it. So, uh, Testudo to get up close to undermine. So, they got their shields packed tightly right. all around them. This is my like Testudo formation. Oh, here we go. Miming. Right. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> So they could uh, undermine the rampart while others were ordered to apply scaling ladders. You look better like that. To apply scaling ladders to the walls. Right. And many more were to discharge discharge brands and javelins from engines. The slingers and artillerymen at a position assigned them from which to hurl their missiles at a distance so that with equal tumult everywhere, right. no support might be given from any point to such oh, as were pressed. Right. So impetuous were the efforts of the army that within a third part of one day, the walls were stripped of their defenders, the barriers of the gates overthrown, the fortifications scaled and captured, and all the adult inhabitants massacred Damn. without the loss of a soldier and with but very few wounded. The non-military population was sold by auction yep. and the rest of the booty fell to the conquerors. Got to get the booty. Got to get the booty. It's, there's no point without the booty. So remember all it's that- all about the booty. It's all about the booty. Remember all that training Corbilo did with his troops uh, during the winter? One, they're tough as nails. Two, they fear him more than they fear the Parthians, and he's able to push them right. He break, Like you said, he breaks into uh, multiple parts. He goes after these fortresses because what they're fortresses taken away uh uh his enemy can't regroup he can't store supplies he can't have his men heal he can't take care of the wounded so without that they're unable to wage war this is a brilliant part of his plan he's just getting started but corbulo has dealt a blow a severe blow to his enemy his other divisions had similar success with the other forts so he then decided to attack the capital of the country arta xata Arta exata. I like that. Artaxata. Maybe I'll go with that. Artaxata. There you go. Artaxata. I can't <laughs> stop saying it now. Artaxata. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah um, go. Now, Tiro was starting to worry that they were making him look like a chump. He had been just sitting back, right. letting all this go on. He's, yes. he's the king, King Tiro. It looks bad. It looks. He looks weak. It does look bad. Ineffective. So he attacked the Roman columns as they were marching towards Artaxata. Right. How did that go, Ray? Well, again, Corbulo saw this coming because of his years of experience in Germany. So he set, uh, let me set the scene. So he's, He's got his 3rd Legion on the right flank, the 6th Legion on the left. He's got hand-picked men from the 10th Legion in the center. He's got his baggage train moved up into the line so it's safe. There's a 1,000 cavalrymen at the rear protecting that. And there's uh, infantry bowmen and more cavalry kind of on the sides. So even though it's in a column and he's suddenly surrounded, that's like the equivalent of saying I've got a uh, uh, Rottweiler cornered and I'm about to, uh, to go get it. I mean, you can attack all you want, but Corbulo has certainly got his men set up to inflict as much pain as he receives. They're all close and tight. They can support each other. As long as no one runs out very far, they're all right here. And so again, it's a brilliant plan. And uh, 
the king sees this and he doesn't know what to do. So what he tries to do is attack in various places along the Roman line. Maybe we can break something up or maybe when we attack and run away, they'll follow us and spread the Romans out and that will be their undoing. But again, you've got the experienced Corbulo who told his men, don't you fucking go anywhere. You stay in tight because if you don't, you're going to die. As long as we stick together, everything is going to be fine. And most of his men heed this advice. Yeah, yeah, there was uh, there basically were squares. Yeah. They were marching in squares. So they were protected on all sides. Right. And uh, they had foot archers on the wings. Yeah. Now, nothing worse than having someone shoot arrows at your feet. <laughs> I hate uh, that. I think we can all agree. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's hard to defend your feet. Foot. Right. <laughs> it is. Nothing worse than trying to, you know, and 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 some of them were shooting arrows with their feet. That's right. why they were that's, foot archers. And, you know how good they have to be. They're the best of the best. I can't do anything. They with had my hands. Toes. Well, no, yeah. they didn't because their hands had fallen off. That's right. In the These ice, the, the toe troops. So they had to shoot. They had yes. to shoot with their feet. Right. At yeah. your feet. They were shooting with their feet. Consistency. At the enemy's feet. Right. Consistency. It was like just well, yeah, that was feet yeah. archers. Yeah, all it was. Whew. Hold the with this foot and then you take this foot and pull back the take, string and take your socks off. I want to see you I want to see the state of your toenails. Are they, uh, Look, okay, fine. Uh, they're painted. I can't I don't want to go into the details, but just know that they're lovely. Anyway. Yeah. So, point. Anyway, I'm back now. I'm having drama here. Now I read in one of the uh, one of the sources that he was uh, Corby was also being supported by Legio Ten Fratensis, mm-hmm. the 10th Legion Fratensis. Now, I'm not sure if I've mentioned them on these shows before. I, I suspect I probably have, but I did mention them in an early cut of my film. I think oh. it got cut when, right. for time. Gotcha. Um, but uh, it's one of my favorite stories. One of the mascots of Fratensis, they had several mascots over the course of their history. Right. One of their mascots was a bull, but another one was a boar, a wild pig. Oh. We have evidence of that. We have, uh, uh, I think it's a a coin or something that was issued uh, to the soldiers, and it's mm-hmm. got the name Legio Ten uh, or X Legio X Fratensis with a wild boar on it. Right. Now, for for uh, nerds that are interested in New Testament scholarship, like myself, this is a good story because um, in the Gospel of Mark, the the earliest, the first gospel written mm-hmm. in the New Testament, dated around about seventy by most scholars, just right. after the end of the first Jewish Roman War, where the Temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. Uh, there's a story about Jesus sending a demon called Legion sure. into thousands of pigs who then drown themselves. Right. Now, Legio Tenfratensis was the army that destroyed the Jewish rebellion in the 60s. Gotcha. And their mascot was a pig. So Legion, pig, thousands of pigs, it seems to be, right. and Mark does this a lot. I talk about a couple of examples in the documentary, but this one I think got cut. But 
Mark uh, uses a lot of analogies that are not meant to be taken literally. Mm -hmm. I do the one of the two goats. Right. Uh, I think that survived the cut in the film. But this seems to be another one. He's talking about a legion of pigs, a legion of uh, thousands of pigs, which is the Roman army that destroyed uh, Jerusalem, gotcha. I think. So it's, it's just another suggestion that uh, the gospel according to Mark is parables within parables. Oh, God. You know, at the, at the beginning of the gospel according to Mark, the first thing that comes out of Jesus' mouth in the gospel, which is the first thing that comes out of his mouth anywhere, therefore, in the New Testament, um, mm. there's this great story where he's uh, with his disciples and he's being surrounded by peasants and he gets into a boat with his disciples and he fucks off out into the Sea of Galilee, and right. and he said, um, "Listen, um, I'm I, I'm going to only tell you the real truth. Sure, for the for the great unwashed masses, I'm going to speak in parables because if they heard the truth, they'd want to get saved. Right. Um, so, right. which leads to a lot of questions, right. like why, why wouldn't, wouldn't he want them to get saved? A, he's an elite. B, right? Yeah." B, uh, what is the truth that he told the disciples? Because oh, he never actually says what that is, really and they never tell that. us. Right. But C, what seems to be happening, if you take this as a literary device used by the author of the Gospel of Mark, it's basically saying everything I tell you in this is going to be a parable. Now, uh, so then you get the two goats story and you get the legion pig story and you get the the killing the olive tree story and mm. you get all of these stories which Christians tend to take as real historical stories. Yes. But I think Mark is telling us these are all parables. And because I think my, my guess is that Christianity started as a mystery cult, right. like all the many mystery cults that were around in Rome, like the Mithra mystery cult and the mystery cults that have been around forever in, in this part of the world. We talked about them a lot, particularly in our Alexander series. Mm -hmm. Alexander the Great's mother and father were part of a mystery cult. They met part, as part of the ceremonies, the initiation ceremonies of a mystery cult. Right. Um, <clears throat> Christianity started as a weird hybrid mystery cult that took a little bit of Judaism and a little bit of uh, agricultural cults like yeah. uh, Dionysus and, and Isis, Egyptian cults, and merged and merged all together, which was, you know, and a bit of Mithraism. Maybe it was very um, a popular thing to do in Rome at the time, mm -hmm. um, and it was a secret mystery cult. So the the stories that the public got to hear were the uh, parables that were meant to be sort of feel good stories. They might have a lesson in there right. or a message. But it was only when you became initiated and you got into oh. – it's a bit like with the Scientologist. It's only when you're like up high on the uh, high level of Scientology right. do you find out that Zeno, uh, you know, uh, blew up all of these planets and killed all of these people and that sure. their, their spirits came to earth and they formed the human race. You know, I don't tell you that when you walk into the door and you grab the you grab the uh, little lightning rod sticks right, and right. they do the whole – uh, probably good. Oh, you're suffering from a lot of stress I think, Ray. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> probably you know you, you, they don't share. You give everything. the great unwashed to the people who just come in, like the little feel good stuff. Pat on the back, you'll be right. okay, son. Yeah. Uh, the the hardcore stuff you got to leave for the people who have paid the paid yeah. the money, yeah. right? Because they're serious. Yeah, they yeah. can handle it. 
Yeah. So that's the Fratensis story. So gotcha. the, the Romans were, anyway, back to the Romans. So they were marching in, in squares. Tyri got nowhere. Only one cavalry officer, uh, according to Tacitus, advanced too boldly and he falling, pierced with arrows, yes. confirmed the rest in obedience by oh, the warning. He oh, retired shit. on the approach of darkness. Tyro, this is. Right, yeah. So- Corby camped on the spot, and the next day he sends scouts to find out where Tiro is. They say he's he, he's he gone, boss. He, he gone. gone. We do he not gone. know where he is. He gone, he gone boss. Yes. We cannot find him. Right. And so <laughs> it's kind of an offensive voiceover there we did. I don't know how we went into that. We, uh, anyway. This is we shit. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you followed. I did it. You followed. You just picked it up. <laughs> Ran with it like Damn. a good puppy. Oh my god! Yeah, that's, that's kind then of. Then I'm going to edit out my voice and just use yours, oh, you and bitch. you look bad. Oh yeah. God. Anyway, uh, so t- Corby sends some armed troops to the walls of the capital. Tells them to begin attacking yes. from a distance. Right. What happens next, Ray? Uh, the people in the town pulled a Ray. They pretty much gave up. They opened up the gates. Please, mercy, mercy, mercy. Uh, they don't want to have to deal with this. So the uh, our, our taxata is uh, taken. But I think the people in this region and maybe the Parthians and just everybody fucking needs a lesson at this point. So it is going to be leveled to the ground, which is fine. I mean, that's what you do. You, you know, you tear it down, you burn it down, you take everything, possessions, whatever. You, 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 you pretty much leave a message. However, generally speaking, after the winter had ended, the campaigning weather was pretty decent. They were able to get done stuff they needed to get done. But as this fortress is being burned down and torn down by the troops, clouds come in, lightning comes in, it's striking all over the place. It's as if the gods themselves wanted this fortress taken down. It's as if the gods themselves were supporting and helping the Romans in their cause of destroying this power base. Could be something, could be nothing, I don't know. But I think clearly at this point we realize that Jesus is a Roman or he's pro-Roman or he's on the Roman side. He sent some lightning down. So again, you've got the divine message that this is a big deal and this is, uh, this is a great Roman victory. As you can imagine, Corbulo was held imperator on the field. No, wait, actually, that's not right. What am I thinking? This is not a republic anymore. Nero, the teenager, the 20-year-old, back in Rome is hailed as imperator for Corbulo's victory. There's going to be uh, uh, honors in his name. There's going to be prayers. There's going to be a senatorial degree. There's going to be many days of Thanksgiving. Praise Nero, who has led us to great victory by saying, Corbulo, I need you to go out east and handle a situation for me. But it's a Roman, (laughs) Roman victory. Well, you know, the uh, buck stops with Nero. That's true. What he's saying. That's like, true. Mistakes, you know, I'm going to take full responsibility for them. I'm the guy at the top. Right. I also get the credit for the success. Getting back to yeah. the uh, divine intervention yeah. thing, um, this is the Tacitus section. Then, too, there was a wonderful occurrence, almost a divine interposition. Huh. While the whole space outside the town up to its buildings was bright with sunlight, oh shit! the enclosure within the walls was suddenly shrouded in a black cloud, seamed like- with lightning flashes, and thus the city was thought to be given up to destruction as if heaven was wroth against it. <laughs> David Lee Roth oh. was against it. Mm-hmm. Now, two things could be going on here. Either A... Right. 
the 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 capital of uh, Artaxata, right. the Armenians had built a nuclear power plant, and when it got destroyed, oh. the, there was like a, new, a mini nuclear explosion yes. in there. I'm going with that, that one. Cre- that, that had such an atmospheric uh, 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 impact yeah, yeah, yeah. that it created little lightning storms. We've mushroom seen cloud. that in footage of nuclear explosions Parks right inside the, the mushroom cloud. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Or two, right. uh, Tacitus is just talking complete and utter bullshit. Um, <laughs> now, uh, it's hard, but I'm going with the second one in this right. case. Good call. Um, Good call. <clears throat> Uh, you know, we haven't found any evidence of nuclear uh, uh, tarnishing, nuclear, uh, yeah. uh, uh, what do you call it? You think um, we would? Out, uh, over, what do you call yeah. nuclear? Fallout. Radiation. That's what the word I'm looking for. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, in Arctic Right. Um, now, the reason I, I find this amusing is, along with the hands dropping off, the guy carrying the wood, <laughs> now we have, you know, divine interposition, as he calls it. Right. Tacitus, and you know, I loved me some Tacitus. Oh, yeah. Uh, Good writer. I dig Tacitus. Yes. Great writer. Yes. Great storyteller. Great right. writer. No complaints. Very modern uh, a lot of times. You know, right. a lot of times he goes, listen, like you said before, I can, nothing really happens in this year. <laughs> I can tell you, you I can tell you about the stuff that he built, but, you yeah. know, it's His beyond me. It's, it's below me. Yes. You know, quite yeah. frankly. Yes. Yeah. Below me. But then from time to time, he puts in these crazy bullshit stories. He's not beyond putting in crazy bullshit stuff. Right. Now, if, the reason I like that is because uh, Tacitus, famously, later on, is one of the guys uh, who mentions Christus, the Christians and Christus, right. when he talks about the, the great fire of Rome. We're mm. going to get up to all of this in future episodes. Right. And, and Christians like to point to Tacitus to say, well, he mentioned Christus, so it must be so, or yeah. Christus, so it must be real. Mind you know, drop. if Tacitus mentions it, yes. it must be real. Yes, the the cult was founded by Christus, which is what he said. Right. But I like to point out that Tacitus also speaks a lot of shit from time to time. So uh, you can't really just take it as fact it because Tacitus puts it in there. Uh, otherwise, right. we're believing that there was a. Black cloud with lightning flashes in Arms it in the middle of uh, Arctic Sata and yeah. people's hands were yeah. dropping off from the cold. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No. Speaking of hands, Nero has a major military victory on his. Yes. And <clears throat> as you say, he is now the man, more popular than ever. Yes. Uh, he's, he's now, like this is the greatest military victory that Rome has probably seen. I mean, fighting the Britons is one thing. They're a bunch of, you know, uh, cow-fucking tribes. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No no glory really in that. This is a defeat. I mean, it's it's part of – it's not the major Parthian army or the Volgasas, but – it's part of Parthia, the king installed by Parthia. It's a, it's a proxy battle it's a big deal. against Partha, yes. Parthia. Yes. That uh, the first the first battle against Parthia that Rome has won in over a century, and it's twenty year old, twenty one year old Nero, Rockstar. who's the architect, the engineer, Rockstar. the 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 man who yeah. has made it happen, put the right guy with the right resources in the right job at the right time yes. with the right orders. Yes. 
Yes. So Team Nero Corbulo is, is becoming his Agrippa. Exactly. Put out these fires for me. Put out these Between fires. Between Seneca and Corbulo, he's yeah. got the dream team. He could go and far. And Barris, maybe, he, but he, those two. Yeah. Nero could go far. Yeah. And that is the end of uh, episode six of The Life of Nero. Thank you, Bull Boys. Thank you, uh, Toronto. I mean, Tonto. Toronto from Tonto. You're welcome.